and welcome to Directions for Life with Karen Jacobson, the GPS girl. I am just delighted to be joined today on the podcast by Joe Samodi. Have I pronounced your name correctly, Joe? Yes, you have. <laughs> I've known Joe for such a long time and sometimes I get a little stumped, but I'm glad I got it right. Joe is an extraordinary human being and really an expert in yoga, in resilience, in being steady in the midst of change. And Joe, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So let's get straight into it. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in the Midwest, uh, uh, born in Wisconsin and mostly raised in Iowa. Wow. What was that like, the experience of growing up there? Uh, very grounding. I had a very secure childhood, uh, very safe. I was given all the tools I needed to uh, prosper uh, and explore, and uh, I was very fortunate, and I was very supported in all the adventures of life. I think that's been a key part of me being free to continue that exploration uh, throughout my whole life. Mm. And when did you know what your purpose in life was? Because you are a really a purposeful person. And, you know, when did you know you wanted to be doing what you're doing now? I always saw myself as a leader. Uh, so that was indicative ever since I was a kid. Uh, I wanted to direct groups of people uh, when I was uh, maybe seven, eight years old. I wanted to direct the play. I wanted everyone to have a good time. I wanted to direct a game show uh, and give out prizes, and I wanted to be the host. And I just had this real gene to just be, A, in front of people, and B, just to be leading and giving people experiences. I think the teacher voice was obviously blossoming much later in my life, in my late 20s, early 30s. But so I had the acting bug and the directing bug early on, but that kind of still was in the direction of, of being more soulful or connected to um, the inner voice, trying to find what it is that I want to really be doing. And certainly as an actor-director, that's part of the artistic process. It takes a lot of confidence, I think, to to lead without feeling nervous or anxious and I know I had that same desire when I was a child but it came along with a tremendous amount of fear but it sounds like you were very comfortable in that role. I uh, was a natural uh, public speaker. I, I think the earliest I could remember I started public speaking about in sixth or seventh grade and these were for sort of preparatory classes you could take and then there were competitions in high school that I started to become involved with and I think I really honed my skills that way but I didn't know what that meant I just like to be competitive and I like to be in front of people so I wasn't having any grand plan but again it was a part of my DNA I just felt like that was a way that was a truthful way to express myself and you're, you're just not fearful as a kid like you're just doing it and it's it's fun and yeah you're nervous but you don't think of the consequences and uh, of course, as you age, you start to get more involved with the fear and realize that there's a lot, of, a lot at stake and you have to find the, your strength to get over that. Right, right. So tell us, what was your first professional job? Professional job? Um, I would say it was being a, a salesman at a futon store in New York City. Um, 
that adult profession at least at 18 or 19 and I was making my living on my own and uh, uh, I was getting a commission for the sales and uh, I was eventually promoted to being a store manager up on the Upper West Side. Uh, so I had my own key and uh, I was responsible for that store and uh, had to keep track of the monies and all that. So it was it was kind of a professional job for a 19, 20-year-old kid then continuing to, to try to make a living as an actor in the city. So uh, that's the really the first time I felt like I was an adult. Mm. And can you tell us about the turning point where you moved, because you've mentioned acting and, and different kinds of jobs, but... You know, you're a yoga professional now and really a thought leader. And can you tell us about the turning point where that began to happen and where things took off in that direction? Well, I always had this inkling to be a film director, so I pursued that for some time. And, and uh, you get stuck on that vision. I, I had the vision when I was uh, a very young child and I was lo in love with the movies and... and uh, held on to that till my late 20s. I came to the city and I opened up a video production company called Griffin Productions. And I uh, pursued that for many, many years and found great satisfaction in being my own entrepreneur. I had my own hours. I had an office on Park Avenue South. And I felt sort of very official in terms of the, the growth of that business. Uh, but then maybe seven years into the process, they just realized that I'm behind the camera. I'm spending most of my time behind a computer. Um, and I just felt like more of me was missing. So I took a teacher training program at Sonic Yoga in New York City, and that's kind of where it all began. Uh, I had a probably a, a breakthrough, you could call it, when I taught a sun salutation for the first time, which is just a series of poses linked together with breath. And suddenly, suddenly I felt like I had found something so powerful and uh, I felt like I had a lot to say. So it's like, okay, I have to really pursue this. And uh, I realized how challenging the yoga industry is in terms of making a living, making ends meet. It's much like being an actor, I would say. So I felt like I was back at square one. I am making such a nice living as a video uh, production company owner. And suddenly I was like, okay, now we're starting over again. And that was uh, in 2007. How brilliant that you really can identify that moment or that time where it, it was just crystal clear to you that this is something that calls to me and that I need to pursue. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, Karen, I feel like uh, the major plot points of my life have been pretty uh, bright and clear, and it's just obvious that it's time to move on. It was the, the point from Iowa to New York City at 18 to be an actor. It was the point of saying no to acting and moving on to college. It was the point of saying, I need to go to Europe for a year and travel. It was the point of saying, I need to go back to New York and now start to really have a life. It's these turning points that you remember, and you just remember the visualization. You remember the, where exactly where you were. And it's very profound because you're, if you're the kind of person that is constantly listening for the signals and you're uh, speaking, uh, then you will hear them. Look, I, I'm very like-minded in that way but I'm curious what you would put that down to that ability to be able to see the signs or hear the signs or listen that, that gives you the clarity to be certain when things are happening the, the driving desire to be happy oh it, my goodness 
bottom line, I mean, I just, from age 18, I carried around Dan Millman's book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, highlighted it, memorized sections of it, and that was my Bible at 18 to try to survive in New York City. I had no life skills whatsoever, and uh, I just knew I wanted to be fully happy but had no clue how to do it, didn't have a teacher, and uh, needed to find one. And so Dan Millman was my first, and uh, I thank him because he certainly got me through some very tough times just through his words and his, and his pages. So, um, But I always felt that like, there was something more, and I felt like I knew that I deserved more, uh, contentment, happiness, peace, these types of things. And, and I didn't have any understanding of how to get there. I was completely lost, but I was happy to go on the journey, and, and um, that was fun for me. It also sounds like you were willing at a pretty young age to take responsibility for that desire. And you say you had a, a you know, a, a real desire to be happy and to be as happy as you could be. And you weren't looking for somebody else to create that for you. Or if you were, you, you were really clear that, hang on, this is something that I can be responsible for and that I, it's up to me. And I think that that is just such a, a, a point worth noting because I know I've li I lived a, a long portion of my life wondering why it wasn't happening uh, for me and why other people weren't doing their bit to make me happy. And it, it was a, a real realization for me that, hang on, that's something I get to be responsible for. And this is bad news, but it's actually really good news. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal, Karen, when you decide to take responsibility for your own life, your happiness, your actions, your words. And it's, it's a big deal in the sense of, okay, great, now that's good news, and then, oh, God, that's bad news. Because there's so much then you have to start to backtrack and go, oh, yeah, I've really done some harm. I've, I've really made some damage uh, on my path, and I didn't mean to, but, boy, I wasn't just insightful on those actions and those those words, and, and I have many of them that I, I can look at and, and say that that was not a, a graceful moment of my life. But um, I... But with a deep, deep driving desire to want to uh, improve myself and know that the world deserved to be a better place because of my existence and uh, feeling that tremendous amount of purpose to find what that reason was. Why am I here? Why did I land on this planet at this time? Hmm. Really beautiful, Joe. Well, I would love to know if there was somebody, and you may have already answered this question, if there was somebody who was an idol to you or somebody you really looked up to, uh, I know you mentioned Dan Millman, but even younger, when you were a child, was there somebody in particular who was tremendously inspiring to you and who you wanted to be like? Well, you're you're pulling deep, aren't you? I like that. Um, I have to go with the obvious, which is my mom. Um, and I don't mean that in an idolized, like, I want to be my mom in a sense like a child looking at an, uh, a star uh, wanting to be like them. Um, but I knew my mom was a great uh, role model. And uh, she just, all of her actions uh, taught me a lot. And I was really appreciative of her energy that she brought into my life. And I was just I, I listened and learned a lot from what what she did, and she wasn't a perfect mom by any means, uh, but she was aware of those imperfections and 
didn't hide behind them and uh, did the best she could. And I think I am who I am today because of my parents uh, and how they brought me into this world and gave me so much uh, to lean back on in my, my, my older days. It's a very, uh, it's a really lovely thing to hear. So many people have such difficult family dynamics and to hear that you have had, uh, you know, a real teacher and mentor in your mother as well as her being your mum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I obviously, we know that that's part of the, the root of a lot of people's uh, lack of um, stability in their life. Um, and I think when I got older, Karen, it was just uh, starting to understand that my mom's my friend and uh, and that we grow into this relationship as we age uh, and we start to learn from each other and have great conversations and laugh on the phone and, and um that's the reward of those early years of, of now she, yes, she's my mom, but she's not mothering me anymore, but she's, she's there to be an ear. She's there to be advice. She's, she's there to have a good time with. And, and that's great that you can blossom from such a simple seed of son and mom. And I'm, I'm adopted too. So that adds another level of, 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 um, you know, power to it, I guess. Mm, very much. Okay, well, um, we are now going to take a sharp turn into the direction of travel, and I have a couple of uh, last questions for you. The first one is, what is your favorite travel location, uh, the place you have loved most that you've ever visited? My favorite travel location would be Hawaii, um, uh, specifically the Big Island on the um on the Kona side. Um nope, sorry, the Hilo side. My, I forget which one is which. The Hilo side. Um there are there is some pure peace there and uh, tranquility and uh pure beauty. Hawaii has some of the best air in the world. Um and uh I think that it's just one of those places where I want to spend more time and I don't long for it necessarily but think about and be nice to go back there and and uh and re-experience what I feel when I am there which is not just like I'm on vacation in a on an island in the Pacific but that I feel a different part of my being and it's much like people going to India or going to certain places where they just feel a part of their soul expressing itself much more clearly and that's that's a place where I want to have my ashes thrown um at the end of my my term here, that's a big uh, a a big accolade for Hawaii. I love. We have this in common. I love Hawaii. Both my husband and I adore Hawaii, and it's somewhere we plan to spend a lot more time. So maybe it'll be uh, at some point at the same time, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be nice. That would be nice. It, it would. And if you could travel anywhere in the world, a perfect holiday somewhere maybe you haven't been. Where would you like to visit? Oh, I would like to go to India. Um, I'm ready to go uh, at, at some point soon here, uh, maybe in the next couple of years. Um, I just think that's a destination in terms of uh, just the culture for me and, and the spiritual growth that I'm looking for. Uh, so that's that's a that's a target in the soon soon to be future. Beautiful. 
All right, Joe, this is the last question, and it's a big one. What is your number one direction for life you would like to share with people? Uh, my number one direction for life is is an odd one, I think, for for uh, for people who may be looking for direction. But the direction is to to really obey that stop sign. Uh, really, don't yield through it, and uh, really take a moment. If even if it literally is the stop sign that you're looking at, take a moment and pause in that moment and be in that moment and breathe in that moment and be aware of that moment. And if you can take it to the next level. By all means, stop during your day. And what happens is stillness triggers outrageous possibilities. And that's one of those things that we have to learn as a culture that, you know, maybe meditation isn't for everybody, but slowing down is and stopping is indeed something that we all need to experience many, many times during the day. It's that, uh, I think you call it recalculating. It's uh, this <laughs> idea that you know where you are right now in this moment and then you can move with some intelligence and some with some consciousness from that moment. Even if it's a moment that doesn't feel so good, it still has to be done with consciousness and awareness because the more you're conscious, the more you can learn from wherever you're going that doesn't lead you where you want to be, or you can recalculate, as you say, and you move in a different direction. But stopping to me is the number one thing most people do not do, and then they wonder where they've gone, and they, mm. they feel lost. And I feel like in order for us to get steady, be steady in the midst of change, uh, the first step is to stop. Joe Samodi, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us where we can read more about you, hear about your workshops and all the fabulous materials that you offer? Uh, JoeSamodi.com, J-O-E-S-O-M-O-D-I.com. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us. Karen Jacobson, this is the Directions for Life podcast, and we'll see you again soon. Oh.